Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts all of us. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. Join us on Facebook at The Broadband Bunch and see the latest episodes, news, and photos. The Broadband Bunch, as always, sponsored by ETI Software. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Broadband Bunch. I'm Craig Corbin. Thanks so much for joining us. Customer satisfaction and opportunities for repeat business in virtually any industry are heavily dependent on an efficient quote-to-order or quote-to-cash process. For communication service providers, it's essential. Our guests today are the co-founders of LMX, Last Mile Exchange, a global consultancy that has, for the better part of the last two decades, revolutionized access quoting for carriers by automating, accelerating, and streamlining the quote-to-order process with cloud-based SaaS pricing solutions. The LMX platform allows buying carriers to quickly identify the optimal access solutions for connecting their customers globally through a range of APIs or rate cards. Selling carriers can provide customers with automated costs instantly by way of a fully digitalized process. Last Mile Exchange has empowered communication service providers to vastly improve efficiency and win more profitable business while at the same time minimizing costs. How widely accepted is the LMX platform? Well, 50% of the world's leading carriers use automation tools from LMX. It is a pleasure to introduce the founders of Last Mile Exchange, James Grant and Andrew Hoskin. James, Andrew, welcome to the Broadband Bunch. Thank you, Craig. It's great to be here. Thanks, Craig. Absolutely. And always, uh, it's interesting for me to learn about such innovation that has been so successful with so many carriers around the world. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of what goes on at Last Mile Exchange, for those who might not be familiar uh, with your backgrounds, respectively, give us the 30,000-foot uh, overview. James, let's start with you. Yeah, hi, so uh, my name's James Grant. I'm the commercial director of Last Mile Exchange. I joined the telecom industry in, I think it was 1996, doing access quoting for uh, the international arm of Telecom Italia. I then went and um, moved to Worldcom, which is where I met Andrew, spent about six years doing access quoting and managing the access quoting teams there, and then set up Last Mile Exchange in 2005. Awesome, and same to you, Andrew. Sure. Uh, most of what James said follows for me as well. But yes, uh, we met at Worldcom, which I'm sure many of your listeners will will know, before going on through uh, Verizon, Verizon Business and setting up uh, LMX with everything we learned there, good and bad. I'm always curious. And obviously, there were uh, experiences uh, that, that predated uh, the genesis of Last Mile Exchange, where the two of you saw an opportunity for something that would be transformational. Uh, walk us through the process of how you began exploring putting together Last Mile Exchange. Andrew, start with you. Sure. Well, James and I worked together uh, for many years 
managing the quotation process. James was the commercial director, as he said, managed the teams globally that, that would get these prices often manually from carriers in, in, in Japan and Australia and India and South Africa. And I uh, was managing the data and the systems. And it was all about automation. It was all about getting the quotes a bit better, um, maybe not day one, but that's that's where we went to. And And, and this was very early days of this sort of stuff. So I think we integrated our first API in, in 2001, 2002. And by the time we left uh, Verizon, as it was then in nine uh, in 2004, we were, we were quoting around half a million quotes a year with about 60, 75% automation. Um, and that was a pretty great achievement. And we saw that every telco had this same need, this same need for access, the same need to automate. And we felt that partly through we'd like to say vision and partly through a bit of naivety that two guys could just go out and set up a business and do this and sell it to a bunch of, of telcos. And um, we look, we thought our idea was solid and it, it is. We've grown a business out of it. But uh, where the naivety came in was was this idea that perhaps two guys could create some software that, that big companies would would buy and believe for a critical part of their, their uh, process. But uh, I guess ultimately we achieved that and um, and here we are today. And James, from your perspective, um, what were the the initial challenges that you saw to um, to success for Last Mile Exchange? Well, I think as, as, as Andrew you uh, just touched upon there is the fact that you know when when you're dealing with you know these massive global telcos with multi billion pound turnover and you know access is such a key part to to what so many of them do, and it's also uh, such a you know such a large cost of any network deal so for them to outsource that element to us takes you know they, they have to have a great amount of trust in us that we knew what we were doing and um, that we were going to deliver for them because you know sort of ultimately we were just I think four people at the time uh, you know sort of trying to sell this this key software into um, into these large telcos that Getting, I think, getting the the first sale over the line was was a major a major barrier. And when you've got you know sort of one sort of massive sort of telco on on your books, then you know you, it, it helps get the second and the third. And by the time you're sort of starting hitting five, six, seven, then you know the the industry accepts that you are a trusted partner and that your solution is uh, you know one of the the de facto ones. And and James, um, for those who might not be. Uh, completely familiar when we talk about uh, access uh, quoting for carriers. Give us the layman's definition of what you're talking about and the and the scope of a typical access quote opportunity. Okay, so the 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 access of the last mile that that's the connectivity between a customer location and either you know sort of a carrier's network going back to their pop or um, you know also like you know the, the cloud for example. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of it, it will vary from, you know, sort of using uh, suppliers who've got their own on-net fiber. It'll be using, you know, sort of copper broadband solutions, wireless mobile. So there's a whole range of different potential options for, for connecting customers. And, you know, our software identifies all the potential options and gives the end user the ability to select one that's most suitable. You know, and Andrew, when we talk about uh, aggregating and harmonizing that that process, when you look at the scale of dealing with more than 400 
uh, suppliers and their respective APIs, that's a staggering uh, concept uh, to, to the average person when, when you look at it. Uh, the ability to automate completely that process is a tremendous benefit uh, from your perspective. You know, what was the initial reaction that Last Mile Exchange got when you first came to the market? Yeah, good question. One of the interesting things about APIs and, and, and API aggregation as a, as a concept is a lot of people look at APIs and, and think, well, how hard can it be? And the answer is, to be honest, it's not that hard to integrate an API. A, a competent developer can do it. Competent, competent developer can, can do five, they can do 10. But the problem is a lot of these carriers, as you mentioned, you know, they're managing global supplier bases. Some of them have 400 suppliers globally. You know, 50 APIs is a very different prospect. And we learned this the hard way early on where um, you do one, you do two, you do three, and it's all going well. But suddenly the maintenance starts to catch up with you and you're not really managing to add more APIs because you're, you're just managing the ones that you've already got integrated. And we recognised that and we recognised that this was a problem that all carriers that wanted to jump on the API digitization bandwagon would face. Um, so effectively, we're taking on that pain and we're trying to provide that as a more managed services in some ways where we do that because that's just what we do and let them get on with the business of, of managing their customers, supplying good service and doing, doing good telco. Obviously, there is a tremendous amount of technical expertise that comes into play uh, with regard to the LMX platform, but uh, being able to make sure that the end result is user-friendly, uh, that is flexible, and I would assume uh, scalable, uh, was a yep. huge concern for, for how you approached this opportunity. Expand on that, if you would. Absolutely. And uh, all those things. And, and, and we're still learning, as, as is the industry, because this is, this is sort of a sort of cutting edge, front end of the wedge type situation um, where a lot of new technology is coming on board. A lot of people are bringing APIs to market um, and every, the, the, the standards are still evolving. So there's a lot of learning across the board. But when we first came to market, we had our own own product. We had our own front end to it. We still do, but we had a, we have a product with a nice front end and a map and you can search for an address and anywhere in the world and say what you want and it'll go off and manage that from all the different suppliers to, to bring it back. Um, so there was that whole visual element. But as the market's evolved, a lot of our customers are already have their own CPQ systems, ERP, CRMs, and they are managing a lot of the, the CRM sales process and all their, their customer management. But what they want from us is they want effectively a tool, an engine that can plug into that, uh, a single source effectively they can go through to pass their needs through to us and then we manage the rest of it at the back end. And that's that's sort of where we're doing more and more these days, becoming, a, I guess, an integral part of that, that digitization process as companies jump on this and, and move their their old manual processes across to this digital world. And uh, yeah, so we are focusing more and more on ensuring that the, the APIs that we manage work well, uh, that we can have resiliency, robustness, and, and, and good performance. We can't control it all because we are somewhat dependent on the end API providers. Sure. Um, but that's also been a learning point as well as we, we, we learn how to manage 
the APIs that respond in a second and those in the same market that maybe respond in 60 seconds while still giving the end user a good good experience. You're listening to The Broadband Bunch and our guests today, the co-founders of Last Mile Exchange, James Grant, Andrew Hoskin. And James, one of the, the things that I noticed in preparing for our visit today, uh, the mention, uh, I guess, in a post uh, just uh, within the last month or so, noting that 50% of the world's leading carriers are utilizing automation tools from Last Mile Exchange. That is a staggering figure. Uh, from your perspective, I would assume that's a fairly good validation that LMX is doing uh, access quoting the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, you know, the, the background that Andrew and I had, you know, sort of coming from sort of WorldCom, which then fed into, into Verizon, gave us the sort of the, the grounding for developing solutions that, you know, sort of are fit for tier one global carriers. And um, you know, the intention wasn't necessarily initially to target the tier one global carriers, but having developed a product that met their needs so well, um, you know, sort of they 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 liked it and they used it. And now they're sort of the next sort of opportunity is looking at the you know the, the carriers below those tier one global carriers who you know sort of may not necessarily have the budget to develop something themselves or the experience and to actually work with them to give them the kind of software that um, you know they could only dream of having. And guys, when we talk about uh, this being a global. Uh, approach. Uh, I know that uh, you've you've targeted carriers the the world around. Um, uh, what has been the the response? Uh, because it's been the better part of two decades now that uh, LMX has been uh, you know, active. What has been the response to the the difference that you're making for carriers all around the world? Um, Andrew, from your first. Sure. Um, and it's an interesting one. When we when we first started out, like we said when when you asked us earlier, uh, there was a bit of a hill to climb in terms of convincing people to to outsource or outsource is not the right word, but to, to partner up, I guess, and, and use another service for what is a critical part of of their process and their infrastructure. But slowly and surely as people saw the benefit and saw the value of of getting this automation and the effect it had on the sales process and the effect that it had on their responsiveness to the customers we found that that we got more and more buy-in and and, and word got around um uh, one example a great example of, of how this transformed and and one of our customer relationships was a particular customer that was looking at our service. They're now a customer; they weren't at the time. Um, but we'd set up a trial for them to use, and and they had been playing around with it for a little while, just here and there. But they got a request in for 500 sites, and uh, they decided to put it through our system. And they came back to us afterwards and said, "Right, we're convinced because we took those 500 sites, we ran them through your system, and we'd finished our pricing." You know, in less than a day, um, we got out to all our suppliers. We got our first quotes back, and um, we were able to go back to our customer and and give them the answer far quicker than they expected. We we completely see the value. So that's just one example where where it really transformed the buy side experience and and how those buy side customers of ours could get back to their customers really really quickly. Interestingly, um, on the sell side as well, we've often got feedback from from the sell side uh, suppliers as well, who, who 
who oftentimes when there's no automation, they get these via email, they get them via the way of phone calls. And the conversion rate in this in- industry is pretty low. It's it's You're probably pretty happy if you're getting 2% quote to order conversion. So if you're a sales guy receiving you know, 100, 100 requests for a quote and only getting one to two orders out of that, that's a lot of time you are spending managing your buy side customer. Uh, and we've had plenty of feedback as well from the sell side players that they really appreciate when a buy side customer buys into the the idea of automation because what happens is you know they don't end up manually quoting a, a 10 meg in downtown new york or in london or in or in sydney that's the sort of stuff that gets gets digitized gets automated and where they do get involved is is if they've got to get into a particular tricky negotiation or there's diversity requirements so the customer's got a real need that's going to use their their knowledge and their experience and that's that's where humans really come into the picture so so it really has helped on both sides of of the buy side sell side equation and i'm sure that part uh, of the the process when you're dealing with uh, a new carrier um, that there may be some trepidation uh, from the part of uh, the sales staff, um, you know, with regard to to how that automation will affect uh, the end result for them. But uh, I know you guys recently did uh, a sales kickoff uh, presentation for a client. Uh, guys, tell me about how that went. Absolutely, James. Would you like to talk about it? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So um, one of our customers who's using the uh, the, the sell side product, um, they've been using it for a, for a couple of years now. Um, and it was quite interesting sort of, you know, what, what you're talking about in, in terms of the conversion rate. So, um, I mean, typically, as Andrew said, the conversion rate is about one to two percent. Um, and we were asked by, uh, you know, sort of someone at this, cu- at this customer, was there the potential that their sales users the relationship that they had with their customers, would it be affected by not having the same amount of interaction? But actually what what we used to see, uh, you know, when we were quoting at Wellcome and Verizon is that what we would do is we would send all the, you know, the requests off to the, the sales users and we would get, you know, sort of like maybe one order per month out of, you know, sort of one or 200 requests. And in fact, the salespeople would spend their whole time sort of saying, look, if you don't give me orders soon, I'm going to stop quoting so in fact what the automation actually does it removes the sort of you know the 80 to 90 percent of the interactions that really aren't going to go anywhere and leaves the sales user the opportunity to you know sort of work with their customer to you know sort of work a bit of magic on on the deals that need some attention rather than just being you know drowned in the noise and one would assume that that should be a concept universally embraced with from anyone in the industry, looking to to maximize time, effort, and uh, responsiveness for a positive result. Is am I on the right road there? Absolutely, absolutely. And a, another interesting um, just aspect of that same point we just discussed is, uh, you're right. When we were on this sales kickoff, and, and this person asked us about this, um, the response we gave, which we've seen in in, in real life, is is pre automation. What we would see is if if somebody wanted, you know. A, their customer had come and said, right, I want, you know, uh, 20 megs at five sites. If they know that their internal sales process or quoting process, sorry, is going to take them five days to get them each of those quotes, they tend to just put a quote in for that 20 meg. But what we often see when we put automation in is is the number of quotes going through the systems, you know, the, the customer will say when we go to them, they go, oh, you know, we do a thousand or five thousand or, or, or two hundred a month. 
But within a few months of the automation being in there, those numbers are doubling, tripling. And really, the number of quotes going through the system goes through the roof. And and having looked at it and spoken to people, what we realized is, is the salespeople, the customers, all the people who are getting these quotes, they actually want more information. It, it helps them have a richer engagement with their customers. So, you know, in the past, they might have asked for 20 megs and just accepted that. But if you've got a a salesperson who's who's kind of really looking to create a solution and be solution minded, they they might think, Do you know what, I might just check a hundred meg as well because sometimes you might find that the hundred meg price is only thirty percent more expensive than the twenty meg, right. and so they can build a much bigger picture and go back to their customer and go, look, here's a bunch of prices. You know, maybe you'd, you'd ask for twenty, but maybe you really should be considering a hundred there, or if it's entirely automated and the, the customer's going straight through to this, they can still do all this themselves and then come through when they start to get to the higher prices or, like we said before, they want something special, like they want guaranteed diversity, dual entry into a building, that sort of stuff, the stuff where a human can really add add value. That's exciting. Um, guys, so much going on uh, in the industry and uh, in particular, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on here, an announcement within the last couple of months that uh, Last Mile Exchange uh, announced that uh, you've joined MEF, uh, originally the Metro Ethernet Forum, but now MEF Forum, uh, an industry association of 200 member companies, global uh, global federation of network cloud and technology providers. Uh, James, that's an exciting move. Tell us about the benefit of that association. So yeah, we're we're very you know, pleased to have joined uh, joined the MEF. Uh, you know, the, the sort of key benefit for us is you know to work with the MEF to try and put some standards around the APIs and you know the the, the integration with different suppliers. Because I mean, as you mentioned, there are you know two hundred members of of MEF, but there are thousands and thousands of you know sort of small telcos out there that you know that the industry relies on on gluing global networks together um, and you know the industry is going to need a lot of support to get these you know smaller providers particularly in um, you know sort of in, in areas outside of uh, like North America and, and Western Europe it's going to rely on these providers to conform to standards so that um, you know circuits can be turned up in in 10 minutes when it comes to ordering and the first you know step on that journey is to get the get the quoting uh, in place, so we're working with MEF and also with you know sort of lots of small regional regional providers to try and you know sort of get them onto the first step of uh, you know the this sort of the integrated quoting, and you know we're working with um, I've just been doing some work automating things in Namibia and also other places like Kazakhstan and Belarus, so it's all um, it's all very exciting. Yeah, it's exciting indeed, and especially when uh, there is the the widespread belief that end to end automation in the what would uh, you be calling the connectivity journey uh, is no longer uh, a nice to have, but it's a must have. It's it's essential for success for carriers, and that's something that uh, your association with MEF I know will uh, make a positive impact on so many carriers uh, around the world. Andrew, a couple of things that uh, we didn't touch on. Uh, I know that we've uh, we've mentioned uh, the involvement in network cost modeling, the, the pricing API aggregation, but there are other areas that LMX uh, has uh, expertise in. And I'm curious about the, um, the on-net building management and network visualization. 
touch on those if you would, please. Certainly, um, and that's that's sort of going back to the early days of our product, actually, but but still still very 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 valid. Um, there's a great deal of, of difference in price between um, on net and off net when it comes to pricing from a provider, and we we've seen examples where you can have differences of 50, 60, 70% between buildings on one side of the street or the other. So uh, that is something which which really can help to to see in a visual form. So if a, uh, if a customer or if a salesperson wants to make the best connectivity decision, uh, it's really helpful to be able to see where the customer is and see network in the ground and, and see buildings in the area they're, they're at, which is, which is something that we offer as well. Exciting. Uh, with any industry, uh, change is reality. The evolution and the speed with which change occurs uh, seems to uh, increase daily. Uh, but we're always fond of uh, asking a, a, a question of our guests here on the Broadband Bunch, sort of a, a retro, a back to the future concept. And if you look at the the time that's uh, elapsed since Last Mile Exchange came into to being, if you could travel back in time and whisper in your respective ears some little bit of advice, what would that be? James, let's start with you. Well, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave Andrew to do the, uh, the technical advice probably. So I'll, 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 go, with, I'll go with something philosophical, which uh, I think is um, you know, implementing change is, you know, sort of is key. I mean, we've been going on for, for 16 years now, and sometimes you have to pivot and you have to like, roll with the punches. And I think one of the things that, that we've learned is that you know, the time to implement change is, you know, is, is when things are going well. Because that's when you've got, you know, you've got the time, the resources, you know, the energy, enthusiasm to, you know, to, to make these changes. Because if you if you don't make these changes, then, you know, sort of there will come a time when you do need to adapt and um, you need to make sure that you can do it on your own um, terms rather than on, on someone else's. Very good. Andrew, same question to you. Yeah, I, I, I probably won't go down the technical path just simply because... I'm not sure what I'd say there, uh, but interestingly, when we first started, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but our name, Last Mile Exchange, actually comes from our first product, which we brought to market, which is uh, we don't do anymore, but it was actually a reverse auction system for buying access, uh, which was which was something that that we thought was going to really change the market, um, and we did for did for a few years, and and look, we learned a lot, and we 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 it made some progress there. Um, the idea was once something had gone through the sales cycle and a company wanted to procure it, they would put it on the auction platform and say, I want a 50 meg at this address and I don't want to pay more than this price and then go out to the suppliers who would bid on it. And it worked in certain markets. It didn't work in other markets. And, and as I say, we, we learned a lot. We probably made a few enemies in, uh, in, uh, in some markets where, sure. where, where we, we drove prices down pretty, pretty heavily. But, um, you know, maybe we wouldn't have, if we'd started on what we're doing a bit earlier, we might have got a bit further, a bit quicker. But equally, we learn a lot doing that. So, um, you know, even even the things you get wrong, as long as you learn from them, can can be very important as well. So that's probably well, my take on it. Yeah, and I think I think one of the you know sort of when when we were in our sort of like I guess bubble at a Worldcom stroke Verizon, you kind of 
assume that all the other telcos of a similar size have sorted out the same problems that that you've done so so when we actually um you know sort of left uh, left verizon and as andrew said we, we started off um you know promoting the the post sales procurement um auction platform um and you know we, we had success in, in in various markets with it but you know often we would find these uh, you know large telcos saying look you know that that that's all great but the problem that we've got at the moment is in the pre-sales access quoting. Can you do something to help us there? And so once once we'd heard, you know, that that enough times, we kind of said, right, okay, well let's 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 pivot now because um, you know it seems that the market isn't actually ready to sort of go into a sort of like an, an online trading platform yet. Uh, so, but what we need to do is, is focus on what we had been doing and get back into the access automation. Maybe that was a lesson we had to learn. We should have learned sooner, James. We had enough people actually say to us, hey, I don't suppose you guys do a pricing tool, do you? We're well, like, yeah. no, you don't want a pricing tool. What you really want is this really cool auction platform we've built. You're going, yeah, that's, that, that's nice, guys. But actually, what about a pricing tool? Um, we, should, we should have probably listened to that a bit sooner. I love that. Uh, it's obvious, gentlemen, that both of you have a, a great passion for what you do and, and what Last Mile Exchange has has meant to so many companies around the world. Uh, last question, uh, what's been the most rewarding part of uh, the time at Last Mile Exchange for each of you? Andrew, start with you, please. Gosh, that's a that's a very deep philosophical and reflective question. Um, look, there, there's something very rewarding about well, doing something for yourself. So I guess you know you 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 lean in harder, you you work harder because you know that you know you're you're doing it for yourself. Um, also, building up a team has been very very rewarding. Um, you know, having a group of people that we work with that that help us do what we do and help us deliver for that, and also seeing I guess the the difference we make at the the, the companies and our customers. Um, so all of those things have been been very satisfying for me. Excellent and. Uh... James, for you, I think it is it is taking something from scratch and setting up a, a company that now services you know so many of these large global uh, global customers. It's you know, Andrew mentioned earlier about the naivety of um, you know sort of setting up a, a company. I think we were in our sort of early 30s when we first started it and you know we we've got a you know sort of nice paying jobs with a you know large organization that paid us at the end of you know end of the month and but you know we had the the belief that we could go and we could do this and you know that we were going to implement something hugely successful and um you know you have those first seven to nine months where you suddenly think crikey um maybe maybe getting paid every month is is quite a quite a good thing but to actually to, to sometimes stop and reflect and see how far we have come and to sure. see who we've sold to and the you know the challenges that we've yeah uh, we've we've overcome and you know and and quite frankly you know we've we've had some some good fun doing this as well so yeah just just to you know so sort of sometimes when we you know get someone new in the organization or, or meet someone and they actually look at the business and they go you know when you think that you've done this from scratch and you've funded it all yourself as well it really is quite a quite an achievement that so i think you know i think we're both very proud of that no doubt about it and and you're both to be congratulated on the phenomenal success uh, that Last Mile Exchange has uh, seen over the last two decades. We look forward to uh, visiting with you again on down the road to see uh, what other great success stories there are. Uh, can't thank both of you uh, anymore for uh, such a phenomenal overview, sharing 
uh, your stories with us and giving our listeners the opportunity to learn more about what's going on at LMX. Uh, thanks so much, gentlemen, for, for being with us today. Thanks, Craig. Super. Thanks, Craig. Absolutely. That's going to wrap up this edition. We thank you for letting us be a part of your day. We'll see you next time right here on the Broadband Bunch. So long, everyone.